Welcome to the Way Church Service at Greystone with Pastor John. We invite you to join us at 1 Oakley Avenue in North Providence, Rhode Island. This podcast is presented to you by The Way Ministries, supported by listeners like you. For donations, live videos, podcasts, and more, please visit www.thewayministriesri.org. Thank you and have a great day. Because God knows our heart better than we do. 
We can deceive ourselves from the church, read our Bible, but with the wrong heart and the wrong spirit. Big amen then, right? That's why the Lord has to search us all and correct us at times. Thank God for the correction of the Bible. Puts us on a straight path. Now I got a scripture for us this morning. Go me to Joshua. Chapter 1. The Lord spoke to my heart this morning to share this with you, and I'm going to. And it brings tears to our eyes when we see people suffer. 
We wouldn't be human if we didn't. But the stability comes from the word of God. Say, the Lord is with us. He has a plan. And whatever his will is going to be, is going to come to pass. Amen? No matter what I think or what I feel, his ways are higher than mine. Amen? Big, big, well, amen. All right, we're going to talk about the transformed life today. We're going to talk a little bit about how to live that transformed life today. The Bible says we get saved. He changes us. He puts his Holy Spirit in us, and we become new creations. Now the process begins. We know it as well as everybody else do. Or sometimes we do not feel like new creations. We feel like old creatures. <laughs> the way we act and think and live at times. But this is the process of sanctification. Our position in Christ is locked in. When we believe in Jesus, heaven is our home. Now the process of becoming like him is the sanctification process where down here we fluctuate. Some days are good, some days are bad, some days we struggle, some days we don't want to listen to God, some days we don't want to hear it. That's our, that's our sanctification and he's working on us. What he's trying to do is line up our condition this way with our position. Knowing that heaven's our home, we have nothing to worry about. Whenever we worry, it says pray about everything. But that's a process and it takes time, so please give yourself a break. And give everybody else that God's grace and mercy surpasses all of our sinful nature. Amen? Thank God for that. Don't ever give up. Never give up. Okay. Did you know that you're called to do great things as a believer? Only Christ can give you true meaning and purpose in your life. Big amen there. This message is going to help us determine if your focus is in the right place. It offers a couple of suggestions and principles to begin to live a transformed life today. Through this, you learn how to live well and enjoy God's promises. You are loved by God. He knows your name. He has a plan for your life. Get helpful advice, encouragement, and hope for a life well lived and beyond by the word of God. Now, the question is, are you walking in faith and in victory today, my brothers and sisters? So set your eyes on the promises of God. You only have one life journey. Say yes to Jesus. Amen. Now, is your focus in the right place? Let's figure this out. For several weeks, we've been focusing on spiritual growth and transformation. You can get distracted so easily from what is truly important in life if you focus on the wrong goal, purpose, ambition, or desire. Okay? Society cries out for our attention today. The things going on around us often scream and demand our attention so much that we can miss out on what is actually really important. Big amen then, right? Camera. <laughs> <laughs> I get the signal. Alright. There's only something that tries to distract us from our goals. The things going on around us often scream and demand our attention so much that we can miss up, okay? It's not to say that what you focus on may not be important. That's not what I'm trying to say here. But, that there are even more important issues in life, okay? More important issues, like spiritual issues. 
We can become so focused on our lives or situations in the world that we miss what God desires for us to achieve in His spirit. There is a battle taking place all around us. Every person born into this world is part of this battle. Even if they are unaware of the battle, there is a spiritual battle going on, my brothers and sisters, for your mind and for your soul that is unseen with your natural eyes, that is unknown by most. Not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual forces of darkness. Let us turn to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11, please, this morning. Is everybody with me so far? Amen. Amen. There's a lot more to come. Pay attention and stay focused because the devil is going to try to distract you from this message because that's what he tries to do. A lot of Christians fail to understand what is spiritual warfare. We cannot see what's going on. We cannot see, but we cannot see underneath the darkness. Let's go to verse 11. Ephesians chapter 6. It tells us clearly in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11, to put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. So we have to understand the devil is very strategic. And he knows everybody and he knows what we fall into. He's like a, he's like a fisherman. He throws the bait that makes us fail. And all of us knows our weaknesses. Amen? That's what he does. He knows he's a great deceiver. And he tries to kick us out of the kingdom. But we can never get kicked out of the kingdom. Not by what we do. Because we're in the kingdom by what we believe. Don't let the devil ever try to trick you. It's not by our performance. It doesn't take performance to get saved. And it doesn't take performance to stay saved. Performance comes as a fruit of our salvation. Amen? And some of us, it takes a long time to develop that. Okay? Look at verse 12. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. Christians have to understand this. We are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, against evil spirits in the heavenly places. So when we see, we look at and we attack people, it's not the people, it's the devil who's behind the people. You have to understand, it's not the people. Hate the sin, not the sinner. And, the, and Christians get tripped up by getting mad at people, understanding that the devil is controlling them, causing you to get into a fight with human beings and people, so we lose our testimony. We're supposed to love our enemies. That is what we're called to do. And that can only be done in our spirit. Can I get a big amen for this, please? We can't do it in the flesh. Now it says in verse 13, put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then, after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand, stand, stand your ground putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. Okay? Fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. So the devil doesn't just hit us once. 
He shoots all kinds of arrows at us. Remember when Jesus took the wilderness? He didn't stop at one thing. He kept going on and on and on. But Jesus fought the devil with scripture, not with his power, but with his, with his, with his fist. He says, for it is written. For it is written. That's how we fight the devil. Can I get any of them? Yeah. We try to fight the devil in the flesh. You can't. That's why you need a savior. We can't fight him. And try to fight an enemy you can't see is very difficult. That's why we need Jesus. Amen? Please. You've got to understand these things. Okay? And it says in verse 17, Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. When we put salvation into our mind, we are saved no matter what's going on. We never have to worry or false prey to the devil's schemes when he tries to tell us, you think you're saved the way you just walked? You think you're saved the way you just did? You think you're saved the way you just talked to them people? I'm not saved by what I do. I'm saved by what I believe. And it takes time for that truth to show up. I'm not perfect, but I'm forgiven. You have to understand that the devil tries to knock Christians out of the box and work off of performance. And we can't perform right, and we always fail. So that makes us what? Stop reading the Bible thinking that it doesn't work. But the Bible does work. We're just trying to fight the battle in the flesh, not the spirit. When we understand this, we read it in God's hands. And we pray for people. So don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. That's in Philippians. How that circulates in my mind. I remember that scripture for when the worry comes. How many of us still worry in church? We still worry about stuff, right? But the Bible says, instead of worrying, pray. How long is that going to take to sink into our head? A long time, right? Even though we hear it, repetition is the key to attention. That's why you keep hearing it over and over again. One day it finally clicks. And you have that piece of armor now. When the, when the time comes, when you start worrying, you remember, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. But, now, that takes time. None of us. It takes time to become spiritual. Because we're, we're starting to do things that we can't see. We have to go by what we believe and not what we feel. We've been feeling things for so long and living by our feelings that when, the, when it comes to faith, we don't know how to live by faith. We only live, know how to live by emotion. They're mean to me, so I'm going to mean that. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. I don't feel like going to church today. I don't feel like going to work today. I don't feel like doing that. And I don't feel like doing that. But that doesn't mean we're not going to. I wake up every morning. I don't feel like going to work either. Sometimes I don't feel like coming to church. But I know if I don't, what's going to happen? The devil's going to get into my head. And then later on, I'm going to feel convicted. That was that she went to church. Instead of the delayed gratification saying, well, you know, I was tired, but I went anyway. At the end of the day, thank God I went to church. Amen. You feel that victory. Amen? That's by walking in the Spirit, not by your flesh. A lot of us get tired. A lot of us don't feel like doing things. But that's not what we go by. We go by what our faith is. Now, let's keep going here. It says to put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. That's our weapon. The Word of God is our weapon. Then it says in verse 18, pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for, believe, for all believers everywhere. 
or all of God's holy people. So what do we do? Not only pray for what we need, we pray for people in church. We pray for other ministries. We pray for the church to get what? Rooted and grounded to grow. We pray for other people. We pray for our enemies. Because only God can get inside someone to change their heart. You notice we can talk to people till they blue in the face. You cannot change them. Only, the, only God can change them. And when you pray, the Holy Spirit makes them convicted and change them. I'll give you a little example. I had, um, I'm going to give you a little example right now. In my life, I had a tractor that I had. Um, I had so many services come and change the oil in it. And they never changed the air cleaner. They came in service then. And he said, well, yeah, you know, I'll get to it. I'm going to come back and put the air filter in. One month goes by. Two months goes by. And then it shows up. So I said, boy, please, convict him to come and put the filter in. But two days later, the guy shows up, gives me a call, and says, I'm sorry for being, uh, thank you for being so patient with me. I'm going to come today and put the filter in. That's a victory. Because I prayed about that. It got went into him and reminded him that he's about to put the filter in. That's, that's, that's when I know it's God. See, I know God did it because he would have never came if I had prayed. But I what? I invited God into the sequence instead of my flesh. Say, oh, I'm never going to recommend him to anybody. But, 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 look, nobody's perfect. Everybody forgets. Right? So what? I forgave him, prayed to God, and he came and he put the filter in. Amen? That's the way we're working. Not my flesh. My flesh would be like, I'm all done with him. Give him a bad rep, right? Don't ever let him fix your tractor. Let him come and let him fix it. And that would be what? Assassinating his character. Instead, I prayed. I didn't want to pray. It worked. See what I mean, my brothers and sisters? But we can't go by what we see. We have to go by our faith. You know, God's going to get him here. And he got there. Amen. That's just a testimony. A little example like that makes a big difference. Because not like you pray about everything about that, even the biggest circumstances. Who doesn't forget in this world today? A lot of us have selective memory, that's for sure. But the convictor, this Holy Spirit, comes in and he starts hitting us with a conviction. I believe it's true. You know? And I told somebody I was going to be here, and I said I was going to be faithful, and I never show up, and I don't do it. How can I say that I'm a man of my word when I don't come and fulfill it? The Holy Spirit will come and not. We don't have to go tell him. Just pray, God will convict him. And come and finish whatever we got to do. That's the way it goes. Can I hear an amen for this? Amen. amen. All right. So next time you want to curse somebody, the Bible says pray about it. Big amen there, right? Amen. Okay, let's keep going here. We're going to get this. We're going to get this right. This church is going to get it right. Amen. Because we're going to go by what the Word of God teaches, not by what people teach, okay? Amen. This is what the Bible tells us to do. We live in the flesh, and yet we worship God in the Spirit. Can I get a big amen to this? Go with me to John chapter 4 now. Every time we're going to be talking about what was backed by Scripture. As Christians, when we give somebody our word, it's like God, like God's word. And we fulfill it. Or else we suffer the consequence. John chapter 4. Look at verse 23. 
you have trouble getting there, someone knows how to get there, help the guy next to you get to it. The written word is becoming a living word this morning. Amen? Amen. That's right. Look at verse 23, John chapter 4. But the time is coming, Jesus said. Indeed, it is here now when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship Him that way. For God is spirit. See? For God is spirit. So those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. We cannot worship Him in the flesh. We worship Him in the spirit. Amen? We should always make it a priority in life to focus on spiritual things. Okay? Especially if we're going to worship God in spirit and in truth. Okay? We need to change our thinking. We live in a world, we live in the world, but should not be a part of the world. With what with that foundation in mind, let's read Romans chapter 12. Let's go to Romans 12 now. We're going to be going through the Bible this morning, so be prepared. Romans chapter 12. When we leave here this morning, we have to be spiritually fed in full and prepared for the week to come. Romans 12, chapter 1. Romans 12, verse 1, I'm sorry. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God or give your whole self to God because of all He has done for you. First, you have to understand all the things that God did for you. He saved you from the pit of hell. He put a new spirit in you. He gave you a new life. He gave you a purpose. Something you were living in this world for no, with no purpose. Now you live with purpose. He gave you a purpose to give your bodies to God for all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice. The kind you will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship Him. How do we really worship Him? By giving ourselves to Him. Your will be done, not mine. Not just singing and putting your hands on, well, that's good. But He's saying, no, I want you to become what you believe. And it says, this is your spiritual worship. Or, or, and it says in verse 2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. We have very thick heads as Christians, and we still follow some of the behaviors and customs of this world. And we mix our Christianity with worldly things. And it does not mix. We have to set aside the things of the world and go by the things of the Word. It tells us not to copy the behavior and customs of this world, but we have to let God transform you into a new person. How is He going to do that? By osmosis and hocus pocus? No, don't ever listen to anybody that tells you that. The only way he's going to do that is what? By changing the way you think. You see what it says? Let God transform you to a new creation by changing the way you think. And then it says after that, then you will learn to know God's will for you. That is a learned behavior. God's will and God's ways have to be learned. They have to be taught. We have to be taught how to do God's ways. We already know how to do the devil's ways. We don't have to be taught that. It comes natural for us. 
to do the wrong thing. We have to be taught how to do the right thing. Like then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. His will for you is perfect. Okay, now just let me tell you something. This passage tells us that because God's compassion, we should present, show, or provide our bodies that are holy, set apart for God. When Paul calls us to present ourselves as living sacrifices, he is not speaking of just our physical bodies alone, okay? But rather, the whole person, body, soul, and spirit. Big amen there, right? All of us. He wants us all. We have to present our whole person to God as a living sacrifice. We are not to hold anything back. Paul is touching on the fact that as believers, we are to live dead to sin, and spiritually alive in Christ. Go with me to Romans chapter 6. How do I know that? Because the Bible tells us that. Let's go ahead. Everything I'm talking about, I'm going to prove by the word of God. Not, not, it's, not my, it's not my thinking, it's God's. So you can't refute anything I'm saying up here. Don't let the devil try to trick you. Everything is backed by scripture in our church. Romans chapter 6, look what it says in verse 12. Do not let sin control the way you live. So at one time before we were believers, we were controlled by sin. We are not controlled by sin anymore. It says, do not let sin reign in your body. Or which is subject to death. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Now, it's a removal and replacement. It says something here now very important. It said, instead of letting sin control you, give yourselves completely to God. See it? See it? Give yourself completely. For you were dead, but now you have a new life. So he killed our sinful nature, and we're born again into a new life. That's what they're talking about, born again. Right? You have a new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master. How about a big amen for that? Sin is not our master anymore. Jesus is. Jesus is controlling us now, not our sin nature. We have to understand that. We have to know what our sin nature is. We have to know what his nature is. So then we'll know which one's operating. Most of us don't even know ourselves. So when you get to know yourself and your sin nature, you know what's operating. Is everybody with me so far? Yeah. For you, listen to what it says in verse 14. Sin is no longer your master. This is how powerful this is. Listen to this passage. For you no longer live under the requirements of the law. You no longer follow outward things to get rid of your sin nature. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. You see, God's grace is the power to say no to sin, not to continue in sin. And again, remember, the church stuff is wrong in a lot of churches. God's grace is the power to say no. And the power to live right. That's what he uses grace for, not to continue in sin. Jesus didn't have to die for you to keep sinning. You were doing fine without him. He died so you could live free of that sin nature. 
Now, is, are we going to be perfect? No. We have this sin nature in us. But we have one thing. It's not controlling us anymore. The Word of God starts to control us now. I'm going to go by what the living Word says, not my flesh. Can I get amen for this? We have, that's why you have to always read the Bible. Never stop reading the Bible. As a matter of fact, I just think that we, uh, our daily walk has jumped up to how many million? 4.2. 4.2 million of watching, uh, listening to the daily walk Bible that we present on the website. I hope you are too. It's for everybody so we can hear and read the Word of God together as a family. I read it to you. You get to hear my lovely voice all the time. <laughs> We'd be lying. We'd be in the wrong church. We're in a 
says, get rid of all evil behavior. Look, be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, a big thing in the church, it's got to be done away with, and all unkind speech. We need to speak words that bring life to people, not unkind speech. Jesus always spoke words of life that brought life. As Christians, we need to speak words that bring life, not death. Now it says, like newborn babies, you must crave the word of God, pure spiritual milk, so that you will grow. See it? So that you will grow to a full experience of salvation. The full experience of salvation is the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. By the word of God. That's the fullness of our salvation. We get saved and now the fullness of our salvation is becoming Christ-like. That's the next step. That's what's going to happen until we go home to be with him. And get amen here. And don't worry, his grace and his mercy covers it so we can arrive get there. We're going to get there. Give yourself a break and give others a break. We're all a work in progress. None of us have arrived yet. Have you not noticed that? Okay, now look what it says. Cry out for this nourishment. Now that you have had a taste of the Lord's kindness. Verse 4. Living stones for God's help. You are coming to Christ, who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people but he was chosen by God for great honor. And you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. You see it? He's building a spiritual temple through his church. The body of Christ. The spiritual temple. See it? He built into a spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priests. Yeah, we believe as priests. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. As the scriptures say, I am facing a cornerstone in Jerusalem, or in Zion, chosen for great honor, and anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Big amen there. We spoke with Isaiah 28, 28 verse 16. Okay? And like Romans 12, 1 and 2 tells us, that it is by the mercy of God that we can be spiritually transformed. Okay? Spiritually transformed. And no longer live as enemies of God. Now we're enemies of Satan. Satan is our enemy now. Not God. Before we get saved, God was our enemy. And Satan was our king. Now God is our king. And Satan is our enemy. And Satan hates that. He wants to you bring back, he wants to be the king in your life again. He wants your sin nature back. He wants you to show people what's really your in your sin nature. He wants you to show it to the world and tell people that Jesus isn't real. And that's why it's so important to live by what you believe. So people can see Christ in you. That's why it's so important to live in a godly way. So when people don't see the hypocrisy in the church, they see real believers. You become what you believe. Can I get a big amen here, please? We have to become what we believe. A lot of people want to be something before they become something. We have to become something first. And then God will use us to be something for his kingdom. Can I get a big amen here, please? I'm preaching my heart for you this morning. You're going to leave there full. Bursting at the seams. You want to get me telling what about Jesus when you leave here. Big amen. Right? All right, but no longer enemies of God. It's by renewing of our mind.
ways that we can live a transformed life. Please listen to me. We have to renew our minds. When we are spiritually transformed, we will think and act differently. Okay, the first principle for living a transformed life. We need to remove the bad habits, okay? Worldly values and selfish desires that lead us into temptation. And we must add good habits, spend time in prayer, and worship. The answer is to spend quality time with God. How do we become spiritually transformed? We need to say no to things that are not in agreement with the Bible. Confront the unhealthy lifestyles and sinful habits you may have. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be willing to simply say no to those distractions and desires that so easily entangle you and draw you away from what is truly important in life. Jesus is important. Focus on Christ and spiritual things. Then the things of the earth will fade away as you focus on God's glory and grace. The first step towards living a transformed life is for you to confront the unhealthy lifestyles and sinful habits. You have to confront them. All of us have sinful habits and unhealthy lifestyles. If we didn't, we wouldn't need Jesus. But we don't continue with them. We have to give them up. That's why he saved us. Whenever that unhealthy lifestyle or habit tries to present itself to you, recognize it as a temptation from the enemy of your soul and say no. Not this time. Not today, Satan. In Jesus' name. When we live our lives as a living sacrifice, there is a part of us that just must die itself. There are behaviors that we need to change. We need to stop focusing on the world's values. We need to begin to focus on spiritual values. To live this way, Paul tells us, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that's just what you are doing this morning. But it does not stop here. This is just a supplement. You have to go home and develop a personal relationship with Jesus. Confront the habits that you have. Look, stop looking at what's wrong with other people. And stop looking in the mirror and seeing what's wrong with you. And letting God transform you. Can I get a big amen for this? Once you start seeing what's wrong with you, more than you see what's wrong with others, then you are making progress. We can always find what's wrong with other people. But guess what? What's wrong with them is also what's wrong with you. Because we're all made up of the same stuff. We're all in the same boat, so to speak. And Jesus rescued us. Amen? Amen. He's our Savior, and He's the power to help change our lives and build His kingdom while we're here. And get a big amen for that. Alright, thank you for letting me share that. I'm going to stop there. We'll continue with this next week. I'm going to have the ushers come up and take the collection, and we are going to close.